It's not a bird, it's not a plane, it's superhero slate. It's a modern podcast where we talk about everything that's great. Like movies, TV, superheroes. It's superhero slate. Hello everyone and welcome to Superhero Slate, the show where we run down the latest superhero entertainment news. We love TV, movies, and superheroes, so let's talk it all out. My name is Chris Dillard. And my name is Mike Royer. And this week, the Deadpool 3 cameo list just keeps on growing, Mike. Mm -hmm. On and on and on and on. It's probably shorter (laughs) to say who's not in this movie at this point, but we'll we'll talk about that later. Spider-Man 2, not the movies, the games... It's a Hall H panel later this month, Mike. Oh, I I was I was yeah right. That was my reaction. Like, oh, oh well then. Hmm. Oh, they got the Spider-Man money over there, do you? Hmm. Uh, Guardians of the Galaxy hits digital viewing, streaming. It's not really streaming. It's the purchasing. We'll talk about that and what that means and more. Yes, I knew it hit digital because I started to see higher quality gifts. Yeah, uh, on social media of like parts of the movie that like weren't in the trailers. I was like, I think this movie might be out because mm-hmm. you're not going to see that like big. Was it King King Groot? Is yeah, that his yeah, name? yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, technically, yeah. <laughs> it's like this is the first King Groot gif I've seen. So yeah, I think it must be out there yeah. in the world. M- People most- downloading it. Most, I would say most of my news articles become like, oh, here's deleted scenes like officially released. I'm like. They're not officially released. You just have access to them now. So, like, that's how <laughs> I knew something was on. I was like, oh, there's more. There's, like, five or six deleted scenes we're seeing here. So that's got to be somewhere to purchase at this point. But Yeah, it's uh, essentially turned into, uh, um, I guess, free marketing is probably how they spin it. But even though, like, oh, everyone's pirating our bonus features. But it, it's making articles. makes people want to watch it again. Right. They're like – and that's the thing. Like, in Marvel, I don't think there's ever been a deleted scene that's – affected the overall story of the MCU, right? Like, if it's a deleted scene, it doesn't affect the official canon, right, of of Mm -hmm. MCU. But, you know, with this one, there's, like, ones like, you know, the High Evolutionary, they show his fate after, you know, they get him off of of his exploding ship. Like, he's in a prison on nowhere, and then there's... um, uh, and people are like, well, what does that mean? I'm like, it means nothing. It means like they cut this for a reason. He can live <laughs> or he can die in the future. It really doesn't matter at the end of the day. But it is fun to watch it. That uh, They actually yeah. rendered out, you know, Rocket and everything for those scenes. Yeah, I was um, scrolling through uh, TikTok and um, the, the film side of TikTok uh, served up a like bonus feature making of James Cameron, the abyss back in the day, which if you're unfamiliar with the movie, it was, you know, James Cameron's love affair of water, uh, in full force where he was making a movie about like underwater scientists at a facility and this whole tank and everything that they had to build. And then I see like in the comments of like, Oh, if you're going to watch this movie, make sure you watch like the director's cut. Like, it totally changes, like, the meaning or tone of the movie or whatever. And I'm just like, just when I was about to sit down and rewatch this movie, now I got to go through the anxiety-inducing <laughs> path of trying to find the director's cut of this movie because I can't for the life of me watch this movie again for the first time in probably, like, 25 years. Like, weirdly enough, the first time I saw The Abyss, I was, like, a child. So I barely remember it. So now I have to track down the right version. It's like Blade Runner all over again, Chris. It drives me crazy. <laughs> Like, just make one version well, of the movie and make it the right one, people. Well, the I guess I mean the thing is that we we forget in the two thousands, right? When DVD 
DVDs uh, were, were coming out, they were like, we got to make everything unrated and uncut and put every amount of footage we have in this thing because people oh. are just going to buy these up. So that's I, a good point. I, I never really I never really thought about it from that perspective of just like there could have been just a perfectly decent, fine movie on the shelf that everyone liked. But then the studio was just like, hey, if we bring the director back in and just have him like touch one key on the keyboard, that's a director's cut. We can remarket and sell this again. Exactly. They're like, we already have the footage. Why don't we just slap it in here unfinished? Or we already finished it and cut it out for time or whatever. So I, I blame the, the DVD salesman right from the, from the mid-2000s for every <laughs> bit of uncut, unrated director's versions you know you, you have, we have out there. Um you know, because I, I think there's at least, you know, you mentioned Blade Runner, that's great. And then we have the other side where George Lucas goes through and he's like, no, the version I just put out last is the only version you, you get. A, I'm going to ever let you watch again. You don't get to see the originals. You're not going to be able to find the theatrical cut ever again uh, because I'm George Lucas and that's what I say. And I'm like, okay, that's fine. Whatever you want, dude. Uh, so someone, someone will make this work. But it, um, it's funny you, you mentioned The Abyss because um, is that, that that's the one that... Uh, like there's aliens right in, in the in the water they find the alien ship under the sea is that yeah, right yeah i i think so i vaguely remember like i th- another part of the movie that often gets brought up is there's like a a cg character in it that's like reflective in a way because they're like animating like water yeah i don't remember if it's like aliens or what exactly it is but yeah something along those lines something mysterious happens at this underwater you know research facility is kind of like the log line of it mm mm-hmm. mhm yeah, yeah, yeah. So, um, I I don't know how we got on this this, this track, but yes, absolutely. <laughs> the, the 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 digital extended cuts. That's what we were talking about. Yeah. So, um, so the, yeah. If you, if you need help finding that, Mike, we'll help you find it. Wink, wink. But um, <laughs> uh, but yeah. So you you dove into a couple movies that have fully CGI characters here. Uh, going into one of these, um, uh, I guess minus the face, right? Everything else is CG. So go on, go on and dive into this first movie. You, yeah. Well, like. Uh, Chris, I, I went on a whole diatribe last week about like, how I just like, I'm jaded and I don't enjoy anything anymore, especially mm-hmm. going to the movie theater. And, uh, Ex Machina was a film that I never got a chance to go see in the theater and it, I never watched it when it, you know, came out and was released. And I think this one was even nominated. I don't know if it won anything, but I, I feel like I remember this being in like the nomination, like conversation back in 2014 for, for the Academy. Uh, but I, I just saw it on HBO max and I was like, Hey, I haven't seen this movie. I'm just going to go ahead and give it a watch. And like, it's just like, a, I, I, it's one of my favorite ways I think to watch a movie is I know this movie is going to be good because I heard a lot of people talk about it, but it's been like six, it's been nine years since it's came out. So any sort of like online discourse or opinions or reviews or whatever, all that stuff has just fallen by the wayside. And it just exists purely as a movie for me to enjoy. And it was great. I just sat down in the comfort of my own home, watched Ex Machina, and it was good. It was fun. I enjoyed it. Um, it was, it was crazy. Like you were talking about seeing the, um, kind of seeing the the face superimposed onto a CG model, or I'm sure they have like behind the scenes VFX of how they kind of made this um, artificial intelligence robot character. Because sometimes I'm like, oh, is this a fully CG character? And then they're putting uh, a human face on it? Or are they like digitally removing the human body and then adding CG parts? It's probably like a mixture of two of them. But watching it, I was just like, man, we've come such a long way since 2014 
14. This effect that I'm seeing in this like film right now could be done like on people's phones, like, you know, maybe not exactly to the level of polish, but I, I, I just thought it was pretty impressive of just how quickly technology catches up. And like, not only could you do some of this within your phone now, you could just like steal anybody's face <laughs> anywhere, yeah. you know, if you have enough uh, pictures of samples of their face. So I just thought that was pretty wild. But Ex Machina streaming on, I guess, technically Max, even though I always want to call it HBO Max, because it feels weird just calling it Max, but that's streaming over there. Um, it was fun. I liked it. Uh, and, and then we decided to keep the Max train running, and we watched The Menu, which was another uh, Oscar-nominated movie, which I don't believe won anything either, as far as I can remember, um, that came out last year. And it, it, it it's pretty fun. I don't really want to say anything else about it. There's kind of like a fun... I don't necessarily want to call it twist, but if you go in not expecting anything or not knowing, it's just it's a little bit more exciting. But the the basic setup is um, is Ralph Fiennes is that the actor that played Voldemort? Yeah. Yes, yeah. yeah, he's he's in it. Nicholas Holt and Anya Taylor Joy. Yeah, um, so um, uh, Ralph Fiennes basically kind of plays a. Um, a very uh, highly decorated, uh, you know, Michelin star chef. This uh, artist auteur that his medium is basically food is kind of how it's painted. And he has such an exclusive restaurant. It's like $1,200 just for a seat. And it, there's only so many people that get invited. So uh, you start the movie where this is a very special night, a very special menu, a very special course, and you see why the chef has created a special. And it, 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 it's technically listed under like comedy, but it, it to me it feels like one of those moves where it's just like, oh, we're not going to get nominated in any other category unless we call it a comedy. I mean, there's definitely humor elements in it, but it's definitely more like drama, suspense with kind of comedy sprinkled in in a way but yeah go catch the menu it, it was a fun um fun surprise for sure but those were the two films that i checked out this week chris uh you've been doing uh something a little bit more um immersive I'd well say. i would say I, I i chose um this week to go with an experience based week rather than um you know uh, sitting and watching a lot of things so um this the first thing i've dived into is vr racing simulators and if you've talked to me in the past two weeks i've literally been uh, you know trying to figure out how this works and i bought a racing seat last week and um the seat with a wheel and pedals i was able to hook it up to a computer and actually um steam has their summer sale going on so i bought this game uh it's a racing game i don't uh, i something Corsi, Assetto Corsi or something like that. I forget the name. It's an Italian name. Never heard of this game before, right? But imagine Gran Turismo, right, uh, if you will, uh, kind of racing stuff. And I plugged in my Oculus Quest 2 to my computer, and I was able to play this entire game with the wheel and pedals in VR. And um, it is a wild experience because, you know, for a while you have, you're like, oh, this is fun. You're looking around, you're racing, you're trying not to to, to, to crash and, uh, you know, wreck your car you don't have the momentum of driving a real car so you don't know you don't get that speed f feel right that you would get like mm -hmm. when you're like going back in your seat when you're going forward uh, faster forward when you're slowing down so that's interesting but after about three laps on the same track i forgot i was like not driving a car um and <laughs> i i i crashed and because uh, i was just goofing around trying to figure out how fast i could go and what the 
you know, the, the grip was and I, I hit a wall for it and spun around. So I would immediately turned around to look to reverse myself and realize I'm still tethered to this headset uh, with the cords. <laughs> I'm like, oh, this is this is wild. So I had to take a break after that to really unground myself. But I think, um, you know, there, there's the idea of VR headsets and, and, and things you can do with them playing Beat Saber, going for, um, you know, relaxing meditative experiences, watching content things like that, playing games. Um, but like, this was very interesting to use a portable headset with a USB-C cable into a PC as the brains and really get a high level game feel um, just by doing that. And I think that's a really, really fun way to think of how to use these, you know, I wouldn't say cheaper headsets, but a headset that doesn't have the power to run this game itself, mm-hmm. using something else as the brains to push that and using that as the, the viewfinder, if you will, at the end of the day. Um, I don't know where, like, my next, my, my whole goal for this, for everyone involved, is to just get a really cool Mario Kart going. Like, it's not VR <laughs> Mario Kart, but, like, you know, like the arcade Mario Karts and stuff like that. The VR thing's just a little extra bonus, but I think it would be fun to do, like, real racing's fun, but I find real racing boring, right? Like, you're in line, like, if, if it ain't rubbing, it's not racing, Mike. So I want to be <laughs> crashing and, like, Chris really is like, I want to be in the Mushroom Kingdom. If yeah. I'm not there, what's the point of this? I want to be throwing turtles left and right. I want to be what it feels like to be in the cart. So if I can find me a Mario Kart mod where I'm in the cart and driving, I think that'll be fun. But I, I, I really can't, um, you know, this has been fun mixing and matching technology, right? Like, you know, a, a PC game a racing simulator and a VR headset. How can I take these three things and make it work together? And I'm not the first person to do this by any means or tutorials I followed to, to get where I wanted, but I, I think it's really cool to, to, to do that and kind of have that experience, especially if you're into racing games. And then mm-hmm. on Thursday, I went to my very first Ohio Valley wrestling match, Mike. Uh, so this was a, a, a fun event. I've, a uh, a friend of mine, Adam, uh, he goes by Beard of Pop on YouTube. He does YouTube channel. He'll sell my Funkos. He's going to do a video in a wrestling ring uh, coming up soon where he for his YouTube channel. We're gonna, I'm going to help him film it. And so we were like, let's go get the lay of the land. So we went to their pay-per-view match, Mike, for Independence Rage, uh, this wrestling Oh, thing. so this is, this is like theatrical wrestling i thought you went to some sort of like high school wrestling no and i was like why is this in the show notes no i the ohio valley wrestling is a theatrical like simple like like imagine like a c-level wwe or AEW kind of thing (laughs) and league pretty much uh but like so it kind of kind of it was a uh pay-per-view on fight tv to watch this if you were not local to this this event mike and i get there and i look up and what do i see i see a belt hanging from the ceiling and you know what that means i get a witness like there's ladders coming there's out. a ladder match <laughs> and i was at that point i was like this is so fake you can see they're not hitting each other you can see that nothing's really connected there's just loud slapping sounds I, I as soon as the ladders came out, I was having a good time. I'm like, I know what's going to happen here. <laughs> um, they put out two ladders, and then once they got in the ladder, and, and obviously for theatrics, Mike, they're, they're out here to kill time. They can't climb a ladder to save their life, right? Like, you, you know how to climb a ladder up pretty quick. They're like, oh, I'm, I'm one ring short. Oh, and just keep swinging at it rather than trying to step up a thing and grab it. So obviously it's, it's fake as can be, but it's so fun. Uh, they bring out a third ladder. They dig out a ladder from underneath the <laughs> ring, Mike. That's how many ladders had to get into this this whole event. Uh, that's great. <laughs> uh, and I have like a four-second clip of a guy. So at the end of this match to end it, and then spoilers if you don't want to know how this match ends. 
the the guy one guy gets up the the rung the other guy's on the other ladder he kicks that ladder over falls off ladder off ring through a table mike um, oh my god that poor table well the, the table broke but also the guy ended up pretty bloody i, I think he i don't <laughs> think it was supposed to happen that way but it, it, either way uh it was it was very entertaining to watch and just you know um, hey you never know good. chris you could have been, you could be watching the next hollywood breakout star you know, move up to the bigger leagues of wrestling, sign I, a contract for a 12-picture deal, and you don't know. They could be the next uh, big, muscly-bound comic book character. They, they need more people in, in Fast and Furious franchise, Mike Wrestlers, to carry the franchise is what I'm, I'm hearing from you. But uh, most of these guys were just um, the other uh, the way. They, they, they were wrestling for too long, and they have nowhere to go, and they don't want to give it up, so they, they end up in these leagues. So uh, very, very fun, very hilarious times. And last night, I went and saw a a band it's a cover band but like a parody band called mac sabbath and i i've talked about i'm pretty sure we were recording this when i saw them years ago uh on on it locally but please let the audience know why does black replace with mac (laughs) so this is a black sabbath uh parody band where they sing songs about fast food specifically mcdonald's uh (laughs) so the lead singer is um uh, Ronald Osborne. He's not Ozzy Osborne. He's Ronald Osborne. He wears the the, <laughs> the 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 clown makeup and everything, but he he sounds like Ozzy. He even talks like it. The whole thing. You have Slayer McCheese on guitar, um, Grim Alice Cooper on bass, and then the um, the Hamburglar. I forget his name is on drums, essentially. And they're in these big costumes the whole time, like like the the guitarist and bass. They're in these big costumes, you don't see their face, and they can play these songs like nothing else in these huge ass costumes, Mike. Like. That that was I think the most impressive part. Like rather than just like, oh, they're doing fast food versions of like instead of Iron Man, it's frying pan kind of thing, right? And <laughs> instead of the song Sweet Leaf by Black Sabbath, it's sweet beef. Like I get it. I, I understand the parody, but like their performance, they've actually from the last time I saw them, I'm like, okay, I get this. This time they've actually they're like they've got a show they're doing, right? Like there's more stick in between um, mm-hmm. you know, they're 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 giving other fast food places Nicknames like Chick Fil A, C D C, you know, well, uh, stuff like that. Well, Chris, I, I, I do kind of feel like you might be bearing the lead here because I don't know if there's uh, more to be told, but yep. we do know there is a very viral meme going around of with the uh, a certain uh, yeah. certain birthday, and yeah. I, I gotta know, did they did they make reference to they it? Did, at they did. They did. They they said the grimace shake, and then he's in the the costume, you know, kind of essentially twerking, if you will, giving it a shake. <laughs> that's that's about it. They they they've been around for years, so like this that just happened to be there, but they, that was about as far as we got with the grimace shake, if you will. Um, hey, that's a, that's enough. The fact that a yeah. grimace was there, that's all they needed. Yeah. So uh, it it was a fun performance. the uh, The other part of this is there's a local company called Louisville Vegan Jerky. Uh, it's a company that's run local, so it's vegan beef jerky, if you will. And uh, they actually did a promotion with them to do a cheeseburger flavored vegan beef jerky. And the first 100 people who bought something at the merch tent got a free bag of it. So I, I came home uh, with the bag. I've not had a t- I've not had a chance to sample it yet. But if you're into beef jerky and um you're vegan or vegetarian this would probably be kind of up your alley if you will i I can't i can't speak for that specific brand but i have tried beyond meats uh jerky just out of sheer curiosity i had extremely low expectations for it but weirdly enough the beyond meat brand of jerky surprisingly close to being real jerky uh, so if that's something that you ever wanted to explore, I don't know about this brand. I don't know if they're, yeah. you know, formulating it uh, differently, but I can at least 
praise the Beyond Meat jerky. Yeah, not bad. yeah, absolutely. I look forward to trying it, but like someone's like, you're not gonna eat it there. I'm like, if this disagrees with me and I have to go to the bathroom <laughs> for the rest of the show, I'm not gonna be happy. So I'm gonna wait till I get to a controlled environment to do this. Yeah, be, be, vegan beef jerky. But um, absolutely, those were some great experiences uh, this week. And uh, this last bit is more of a reminder slash uh, flag for people who are interested in this. Uh, Walmart and Amazon, and you mentioned Target as well before the mm-hmm. show, Mike, uh, have their big summer sale days this week. So Prime Days, Walmart Plus sales, summer sales, and Target, whatever they're calling theirs, this week. And there's a couple things you when know, we bring this up. One, if you're looking to upgrade your at-home movie theater experiences, I've seen TVs on sale. I assume there's going to be um, DVDs, Blu-rays, AC DVDs on sale at some point. I don't know what those are. But uh, today... Um, Walmart Plus for $50 for a year. You can get Walmart Plus and all those benefits and Paramount Plus. So if, you, if you're listening to this, go see if that's still available if you're a Paramount Plus. It will probably save you money on Paramount Plus if you're one of the few people still you know, watching, <laughs> watching this. Um, as they go to rip everything off of there, uh, even Star Trek stuff, which is weird. Uh, the other part is Prime Days. Um, if you're a Prime member, they have uh, three months of a- Amazon's uh, Kindle Unlimited, which I was like, oh, these are books. Signed up for my wife so she could read her books. But the first thing it recommended me, recommended me was comic books, Mike. So in mm. the Kindle app on Amazon, you can get comic books. So for those who may be interested in reading books or seeing what's in there, the Kindle Unlimited uh, three-month uh, deal, if you go uh, look that up, might be for you. So I thought those were relevant and thought I'd bring them out here. But if you're looking for anything else on sale, this week would probably be the, the time to get it if you if you want to. So, um, yeah, that's the big red flags. And then that's going to bring us into our first topic, Mike. How about this? Let's just jump into it here. Uh, tomorrow, for me, um, I don't know about anybody else, but tomorrow I have tickets to go see Mission Impossible Dead Reckoning Part 1. Um, so I thought they'd give it different names, but it is part one. So tomorrow, um, in theaters this week, uh, Mission Impossible returns. Uh, Tom Cruise out here doing stunts, trying to kill himself, uh, no matter <laughs> what he does. Feel- but, uh, but yeah. I feel like part one should be uh, at least subtly in asterisks just because Tom Cruise has been out there saying that he wants to play Ethan Hunt yeah. until, like, his 80s. He just wants to keep being this character. So I, I, I get his enthusiasm, right? And I'm not saying that maybe there's not a version of this franchise that could pivot in that direction. But, you know, they're out here pitching Dead Reckoning being this finality to, like, you know, the world and the character in this franchise. And then he's also out there saying, like, no, 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 I don't want to stop. Kind of like a football player that says they retire and then, like, oh, no, I'll never retire because of the love of the game or whatever. So I feel like he's doing a disservice to this franchise of just, like, okay, well, this is like Vin Diesel saying there might be a third part, you know, to uh, Fast 10. So (laughs) I could see him, you know, just saying Dead Reckoning was finality, like, is more of a like a hey we're just saying it because you know we don't want people to think that it's more we want to make sure you know you think you know ethan uh what's his name ethan is it hunt hunt um yep. could die in these movies right like we don't want to say oh there's going to be more because you then they won't kill him right um so, but i think even if dead reckoning part two i don't think it'll be part three i think let's do another mission impossible right and give it a new name like um remember when they tried to get jeremy renner as like the replacement for for him like four movies ago when Jeremy, he was like, Jeremy, Jeremy Renner is, you know, he's going to be the new Mission Impossible guy. He's going to replace Tom Cruise. He's going to replace, uh, was it Matt Damon as Jason Bourne, right? They were giving him everything. And then, 
you know, this is nothing against him, but he did get hurt pretty badly earlier this year with a snowmobile accident. So I don't think he's going to mm-hmm. be doing any of those anytime <laughs> soon. But I, I'm excited to watch this simply because, you know, I I think Mission Impossible movies are solid. Whether you like Tom Cruise or not, they're always solid films, right? Like, there's nothing mm-hmm. inherently wrong with them. They have some pretty good action set pieces, really fun spy thrillers. And uh, after the, you know... Fun time that Top Gun Maverick was. I'm like, hey, I'll give I'll give him another go in theaters, right? Like this is also a good time to watch. What, one of the few franchises out there in the world with an iconic sound, like oh, yeah. um, or a, a theme, anthem, song, right? Everybody knows the Mission Impossible theme, and they know it too. So they usually like hold it back until like the most intense part of the movies, and they throw in some of those dun dun. Mm. Dun, dun, stingers and then like you know at the biggest moment the full themes blare and you're like yes so they they, they it, got that they got that secret hack you know it, it, right that's what you call the cheat code right the cheat code mm-hmm. the soundtrack like indiana jones had its you know its soundtrack and everybody knows the harry potter stuff so i'm i'm excited to to kind of dive into this this franchise has been around almost 30 years um you know 1996 95 96 when that first one came out. Um, so I, it's really gone on forever, if you will. So it, I'm excited to kind of dive back into it. I had a good time watching the last ones. Did you ever watch Mission Impossible Fallout? That's the one. That, yeah, go ahead. With uh, Superman in it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Henry Cavill. Where, yeah, where yeah. He, where I, he, I where he cocks his uh, arms, like like their mm-hmm. guns with the sleeves. Everyone's like, oh, yeah. <laughs> that was guns. So, like, I, yeah, there's, they're always solid hits, right? Right. I'm not – I don't think it's going to be a bad time. Uh, I'm avoiding reviews trying to – going as blind as I can, but they are doing an early preview tomorrow uh, locally, so we're going to go catch out on a Monday night. So um, that's the fun part about summer. You never know when you get to go to the theaters because uh, it's, just, it's just wild out here, wild, wild less of <laughs> movie going. But, uh, yeah, that's, that's coming out. This is kind of a, a PSA. And then I guess the other side of that PSA is going to be on digital uh, to purchase right now is Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3, Mike, as we talked about at the top of the show. And uh, this it is not on streaming. I guess that's that's the big thing. It's not on Disney Plus. It's not on any other thing. This is where you can get to go like that weird, awkward period in between. It's kind of still in theaters. Like you could probably go find like one or two screenings, um, or you can buy it uh, like what thirty dollars digital at home and watch it, or wait for it to hit streaming in like August or so. So um, I, I've never bought a movie digitally only in this period have you have you ever done that is it something i was thinking about i mean no there's there's no particular reason to do it right if if you just have a little bit more patience right like if you had the patience to avoid watching it in theaters you know just wait a little bit longer and you know there's a streaming service that you could subscribe to for definitely less than the price of buying it digitally for Mm -hmm. at least a month and then at least there's a ton of other things you could watch and i think the other to me it's not really streaming and, and as much as you know because that that still hasn't really clicked that it's still like you know within 30 days i was like for the same price i can buy the digital i can buy the physical in two weeks and get the code to watch like own it digitally in the same method mm-hmm. right i'm like what i mean it's more it's not you're not double dipping but if you're like oh, i could buy that sell the physical and keep the code if i only wanted it digitally yeah. right like so they got there must be some accountants somewhere that have a uh, a formula. It's like, no, they're still we don't understand them either, but they keep buying these at thirty bucks, so we'll keep selling them. Yeah, yeah. I just looked up. Yeah, you can buy tickets and you can buy it um, anywhere you get movies. Um, Apple TV, Amazon, Google Play, YouTube, Vudu, Microsoft, Directv. Uh, also, this is twenty dollars. So I was wrong. It's twenty dollars. Mike said thirty dollars right now. So. 
you haven't got a chance to, to catch it, watch that. But as Mike mentions, with that becomes the benefits of all the extra high-quality images and probably spoilers that are going to hit the internet uh, in full force with this as well. One of the cool things about these releases are, you know, the directors are, you know, James Gunn's out. He's answering everybody's questions, whether he's Marvel or DC right now, right? So he just did the Superman cast. It sounds like they're not going to San Diego Comic-Con, but he's back again doing, I guess, interviews for Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3 home release. And one of the things he says, that understanding Groot, rather than him just saying, I am Groot, but to hear his real voice, is that there's sort of a telepathic component of this. And you have to like have been bonded with Groot for such a long time or not long time, but like you have to be like, you know, really close to Groot to understand what he's saying. So that's why in Guardians one, people aren't close to him, don't understand, but in two, they do. And in three, we kind of get that there at the end, right? Where we get to hear him say mm-hmm. um, something other than I am Groot at the end of the day. I mean, so. it is it is one of those uh, funny things where, like, you know, if you grew up with the classic Star Wars trilogy and with Chewbacca, mm-hmm. you know, I think everyone kind of just came to the uh, uh, agreement that we don't really need an explanation as to why some people understand Chewie and, like, some people don't. It's just kind of like a fun, quirky thing of just, like, oh, some people get it and some people don't, and there's no rhyme or reason. We don't really need to put rules down. Just whenever it's the most entertaining, make it either understandable or not understandable. So I guess it's nice that James Gunn is coming out trying to come up with he, an explanation, but I never needed an explanation. Yeah, he said that in the scripts, there's the he actually wrote Groot's dialogue, right, for the people who did understand him and for when it was scenes with people who didn't understand him, it was just, I am Groot. Uh, mm-hmm. So I thought... That was an interesting little tidbit about production, uh, if you will, for that. Uh, and you mentioned Star Wars. I actually thought you were going to say R two D two instead of Chewbacca, but I guess that's both kind of oh, the same, same. thing. Yeah, yeah. I, I didn't even realize. Yeah, there are other characters. Yeah, I, I was like, Star Wars did a really good job of having two. Um, I wouldn't say one note, but like you know, very non dialogue, you know, required characters. That's really fun. Mm-hmm. But um, Guardians of the Galaxy Volume Three, you can buy it now. Go see it in theaters or wait, and it'll be uh, on streaming here before too long. Uh, to continue that, the legendary Star-Lord, right? Uh, James Gunn has confirmed plans for Star-Lord's adventures on Earth following uh, the trilogy wrap-up. Now, however, he will not be writing or directing this. James Gunn is not part of this, right? He's just saying that's where we put him to to continue Star-Lord's story as a quote-unquote fish out of water as he acclimates being on Earth. Like, he's technically would be at this point an alien on, on mm-hmm. earth for their their standards and how they operate so that was i think that would be entertaining but I, it's going to be sad that he's not in like a bigger pond if you will based on you know what we've seen with him so far mm-hmm. so yeah it makes you wonder like because i i've seen the you know i think we kind of assumed based on the after credit scene from guardians three that like oh this kind of feels maybe like a disney plus thing right mm-hmm. like a series maybe like a mini series right where we just kind of see peter acclimate and just come to terms with you know his life and his existence but i've seen people out there talking this week that it could be a movie um i i don't know if this idea seems big enough to be a movie but also at the same time i haven't exactly been super stoked with a lot of the marvel disney plus stuff so maybe i don't want it to be uh marvel mm-hmm. disney plus um but yeah it does make you wonder like what what conflict do you give star lord in a, in a continuing How story right? does he order a subway sandwich mike that's that's <laughs> that's the whole movie the whole movie there he's fighting with this local yeah. subway 
I, I would I would think that there's got to be some sort of extraterrestrial, you know, mm-hmm. baggage that he left out there in space that tracks Peter down. And, he is, uh, you know, he's Peter's like, trying to acclimate and then like some sort of alien comes yeah. in and starts messing up his plans. I, th- I think that's a that's a pretty, pretty easy guess. I think there's an opportunity here, whether they view it or not. Peter is technically the son of a celestial. Right. Uh, and there's a dead celestial sticking out of the ocean still. So um, is, is this a celestial base kind of thing? Right. Is does he does he have to end up end up maybe tagging along with the Eternals? Uh, at some point is that how they bring the Eternals back is with a, a Star Lord focused movie and they're kind of there as ancillary characters um, are you trying to tell me Harry Styles is going to be on my next Disney Plus show and oh. him and Peter Quill are going to go to the middle of the ocean and like coax that celestial back into the Earth's core no that could be interesting I, I'd rather have a movie with, with uh, Chris Pratt and Camille Nanjiani goofing around as mm-hmm. as as they're, they're they're the buddies of this this movie, Mike. That's how I feel. You leave Harry Styles in space. He's out there with Patton Oswalt's little pig character or whatever it was. Uh, Pip the troll. That's what it was. So I, I think you know you, you bring Camille and Chris Pratt and they're having like a big celestial powwow uh, on Earth, doing doing whatever it is that they they want to do. But I, I I could see it. You know when you mention this, I don't think it'll be a Disney Plus thing after hearing this from James Gunn. I view it more probably as the movie side, right? Like I don't think um, Chris Pratt would well, want to do a series. In, in well, I mean, I, I could see, you know, James Gunn being like a producer just purely on the just legal line mm-hmm. of like he kind of invented these versions of the characters, right? But I can't imagine he would be heavily creatively involved. Right. Like I feel like this would be a scenario where there's a new, Absolutely. you know, director – I. Uh, you know, just a new creative team taking over the characters. So uh, that could be interesting. Yeah. I, I don't, um, you know, is this a, I, I don't think they'd ever get Edgar Wright back, but would maybe Edgar Wright, would this be an opportunity for him maybe, to make it like maybe. a quirky kind of thing? Yeah. If he's not, if he's not too jaded, it could be possible. Yeah. I, I, I don't even know who I'd put, I'd put in this, but uh, I'm sure we'll find out more later, uh, you know, as they, they Marvel solidifies their, their plan for the next 10 years, right? We've got Star Wars till no Avatar till 2031, so I'm sure they'll they'll figure the Marvel stuff out too as they plan ahead for all their investors. I'll shift gears into Deadpool. Deadpool 3, Mike filming currently, right? Um the big confirmation this week as you probably seen in our thumbnail is that Jennifer Garner is going to return as Electra. This will be her third outing as this character, Mike, because most people don't realize she wasn't only in Daredevil. She had her own movie in 2005. <laughs> so which I'm sure will be the quality of which will be referenced in this movie. <laughs> yeah. Um, speaking of movies that had director's cut, Daredevil had a director's cut that made that movie way better, by the way, in case you mm-hmm. didn't know that. And I know only know that because I had the DVD version of that movie. I uh, <laughs> couldn't find anywhere else, but I think, um, you know, from what I'm hearing, you know, rumors are going to... I'm going to go ahead and tag this on. Other Fox properties that will show up include Professor X with Patrick Stewart returning, um, which he has done in Doctor Strange, in McKellen returning as Magneto, but also a scene with Channing Tatum finally getting his gambit role <laughs> that he's worked for for the past several years. Yeah, the power of uh, the goofiness of Ryan Reynolds and the character of Deadpool. Yeah. Uh, I mean, it's coming along at a good time, right? We know that the X-Men are going to be introduced 
uh, sooner rather than later. So this could just be like a good, just holistic way to just like cap all of these kind of random ass X-Men things up. Mm -hmm. It seems like a good tool, a good avenue for sure. Yeah, because um, he would skewer them as well, right? Like, he's going to obviously, mm -hmm. like, he's going to, I feel he's going to make fun of the multiverse. He's going to be like, well, this seems really convenient, right? Like, we can just do this and be very meta about it. But it's going to be fun for these people to return to these characters after 20-plus years of, of doing those roles. Mm -hmm. um, now, I, I don't know... If they, if, if they could make it work, I'd like to see it. But we all got to see the Kevin robot that was in the She-Hulk show. Uh, it would be funny to see if that robot would pop up again. Mm -hmm. I feel like it would fit really well in this universe. And hell, I don't know if, if She-Hulk pops up or if that's just too much third wall breaking or maybe just enough in uh, one scene together. Um, there was yeah. other like leaked um, kind of like set photos of a Deadpool suit. Mm -hmm. uh, on set that I saw this week, not much to look at here. Like it's just <laughs> yeah. kind of like a, uh, it's like a slight variation difference. It's, I would say it's even less of a change than when you got to see Chris Evans, Captain America outfit change. Like those would at least change in like color tone and material and patterning, but all very recognizably Captain America. This is just, um, this looks like just a different, slightly different, uh, Deadpool. So really not much to go off of here with those leaks. Yeah. The only thing I could get out of it was like, you know, Ryan Reynolds is taking this mask off and his hair is just maintaining. And I'm like, well, how, how's he doing this? Like <laughs> that's all, that's, that is so unfair to the rest of us. Um, the other thing, I think we talked about this last week or the week before, ben, you know, Ben Affleck has supposedly been back on set as well, possibly playing daredevil. Um, the only, you know, other things I can think of that might be touched here, maybe blade. If they want to do Wesley Snipes is something that, you know, no one has really talked about possibly mm -hmm. diving into it. Uh, and, um, We've mentioned, I've heard very loose rumors of some of the Fantastic Four characters from the era coming as well, like a Jessica oh. Alba or something like that. Um, I could I could see something humorous where Silver Surfer is there being used as a vanity mirror oh, for, yeah. for Ryan. He's going to make fun of that big cloud Galactus version, right? Like everyone uh. made fun of the Galactus uh, from, from that era. But yeah, honestly, you know, just kind of look at it. I'm like, there's really not many, like, other than maybe a, a deep Howard the Duck reference from the live action movie, like, what else could he really throw in here? Like, at this point, like, what I don't even know what you could put in at this point that yeah. they're already I mean, not doing. Yeah, well, I don't, so this is the, the nature of the internet is unless you do like a couple uh, searches deep into a, a, a tweet that you see, you can never be entirely sure if it's a joke or if it's like a rumor or what. But I saw something this morning where there was initial reports, rumors that um, Arnold Schwarzenegger could be in this movie as his character from The Last Action Hero, which huh. doesn't make any sense. But, I mean, I didn't bother to Google if Last Action Hero was like a Fox property and if it's even possible. But I would say tonally it kind of fits with yeah. what they're doing here. But as I said before, I didn't bother to look into it. It could have just been a joke. So yeah. it seems like everything's fair game here for Deadpool. I think the the biggest question to me is what happens at the end of this movie, right? Is is uh, Ryan Reynolds' Deadpool going to be launched into a more proper universe? Is he still going to be in this weird multidimensional time traveling like goof around? 
what exactly is going to happen. Uh, that's the big question. But mm -hmm. I, it seems like we'll have fun along the way. And I'm also happy that this has been um, this has been in development and hasn't and still had time to kind of be flexible after the the uh, JPEG Iger switch debacle. Mm -hmm. So hopefully some of these like notes have been just ironed out. I, I just want a good movie. Yeah. That's all. It, the, I, I just looked at, um, I have a list of um, non-MCU Marvel movies. What if we got Thomas Jane's Punisher in there? Remember when he was that? Um, oh, that yeah. wasn't a Fox. I'm pretty sure that was like a Lionsgate Universal. Or um, we, we get uh, the return of Nicolas Cage's Ghost Rider. Um, he Nicholas oh. Cage would be the the cameo king this year. Oh my god! I don't I'm I don't play the game Dead by Daylight. Um, but apparently oh, yeah. Nicholas Cage was added to it, and uh, somebody just like made a video where they just scraped all of his voice lines from it. So if you just listen to them all out of context, God, even within context, they wouldn't make any sense. He's just crazy. He's like so unhinged in that voice booth. It is hilarious. Uh, so yeah, please, <laughs> please bring him to set. Yeah. The funny thing is like Nick Cage is like so odd and specific. Like any set he's on, he like thinks he's like making like fine art and you know, just being on the Deadpool 3 set where everyone's just kind of like goofing and he's mm -hmm. just like being weird it's so weird yeah i i think he he's embraced the weirdness right like i think ghost rider's spirit of vengeance where he like really goes unhinged ghost rider is one of my favorite mm -hmm. ones of his so uh if you've not had a chance to also watch um oh shoot it's one where he's, it was essentially five nights at freddy's but it's it's um oh, whack, whack, yeah. willie's wonderland willie's Wonderland. yeah whack, yeah uh, that one's pretty good, so uh, entertaining. But yeah, he's gonna be, I think, the cameo king going forward, right? He's hopefully not our new Stan Lee, but he'll he'll be in there. But Deadpool three, anything is fair game at this point. Let us know what you want to see in this because I'm curious what's gonna happen. Shang Chi two, Mike, the supposed title of Wreckage of Time. Um, it, this movie is was a supposedly according to Simulu was going to follow after the Avengers movies, right? Because uh, Dustin Daniel Cretton is directing King Dynasty, but since those movies keep getting delayed, Shang-Chi 2 means that's going to be delayed as well, Mike. So when do you think we're going to get this eventually? Uh, this Man. decade? Next decade? Are they going to give it over to another director, you think? Another another person in charge? What do we do to get this? Because this is one of the best Phase 4 movies, right? It was like the second one after Black Widow, yeah. and we're like, yeah, we love this. Where's more? And Nothing. Yeah, definitely one of the one of the betters. And I think one of the annoying things is is the the things that I kind of disliked about the movie were mainly because they weren't explained enough to fit within the MCU that we've been given, right? So we got to kind of see this alternate like kind of dimension, you know, where they go to fight that, you know, dragon and everything. Yeah. And it's just, it's never been properly kind of slotted into the MCU. It was like this brand new idea of going to this, not just another dimension. It was just extremely specific to like, like the yeah. origins of, and then also, but the 10 rings might have like a, a cosmic origin. So we were really overlapping like two ideas that just feel unrooted. And I kind of thought at least by now we would have more answers to maybe yeah. what was happening. And we we never really got anything, which is really unfortunate. We didn't even really get any payoff on the end credit scene where we got to see uh, Bruce and Captain Marvel. Or was it or was it Bruce and... It, it, I don't remember no, who it was. <laughs> no, it was um, Wong brought them back to the Sanctum, and then there was Bruce and Captain Marvel, but they were both hologrammed in. 
Yeah, that's right. So it's just like, uh, I, am I going to have to wait until two Avengers movies, you know, to, to I mean, I got to imagine Shang-Chi pops back up in yeah. some other avenue before we see uh, his second He's, movie. The Ten Rings symbol was in Miss um, Marvel, remember, um, in one of the, when they went and found her bangles as well. So, and they're, mm-hmm. they're saying that some of King's technology looks like, you know, the, the Ten Rings stuff when, from Quantumania. So I think there's little hints, but right, right, like, it is the biggest dangling question mark because I feel, you know, you mentioned, you know, we don't have the answers. I think the second movie will answer those questions for us, right? Like, they're going to be like, yeah. well, you know, is this dimension affected by, you know, multiverse travel? Yeah. Is this a cosmic or time-based technology? You know, what, how, how are these rings powered? I think we're going to get that, but boy, they are just dragging their feet to get there. Yeah. Like, and, um, it, and it's like, listen, it's not like I don't have imagination. I could probably make educated guesses that, that could be right. But one thing that's really been bothering me, and we're not really particularly going to be talking about the next episode I've not seen it yet, of so Secret that, Invasion. I've not seen it, uh, but, so that's why. That's but, there, but there does seem to be like a theme uh, that I've been seeing with people talking about Secret Invasion where if something isn't explained or if something is just kind of like half-heartedly like glossed over all of these people will pop up in like comment sections explaining it but it's just like no 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 the work should not be on the viewer to go on the internet to find a fanboy to explain the story to them this stuff should be explained within the content that's being made and presented to the audience like so that's one thing that bothers me like the the exploration of talking about things online is definitely an important part of a fandom and can make things more enriching and more fun but you can't be filling key holes with just people's theories out there online, you know. Uh, so, uh, yeah, looking forward to Shang-Chi kind of getting a little bit more explanation. It's it, a shame that we're going to be waiting a while. Yeah, it's, and it's just one of those things like, you know, I, I think it might have been maybe a not necessarily a sleeper hit for them, but I don't think they expected the you know the, the the great feedback for it, right, in that moment. So, you know, they had really good action scenes um, where where – we just want to know when it's going to happen because I think I think they deserve a second one of these before we even get you know these Avengers movies that were at the end of a you know phase three more phases right Shang Chi's second movie of Phase Four we're not going to get him till Phase Seven it's a little little unfair at the end of the day for mm-hmm. for people so I'd like to see more in the uh, regards of characters returning what if Jeffrey Wright the voice of the Watcher in the What If series is re- set to return as the Watcher this year but not in what if season two because it's not this year hmm. so uh the rumor or not the room we're all presuming this to be loki right that makes sense where you have the watcher and someone traveling the multiverse. trying to tell me the watcher is not going to be an echo <laughs> just up into the sky watching her adventure possibly he'll be he could do a voiceover um, beforehand however the the same person who's reported this says that there's another project this year that has not been announced yet for marvel mm-hmm they did this last year with the special presentations, right? Remember, they we knew about the no. holiday special, but Werewolf by Night wasn't like even officially announced until like a month before it released. So now we had that strong rumor slash leak that the Silver Surfer could possibly be getting a special presentation, but I don't remember if that was possibly it, rumored for this year. Century was this year. However, with Thunderbolts not being in production due to the writers' strike, mm-hmm. I don't know. I they're possibly this may not even meet this year right at this point so uh, any special presentation so I don't know I mean uh, yeah well maybe happen? it's a maybe it's strictly a special presentation for the watcher, watcher. I mean I mean 
I could um, envision that um, being a possibility. I don't know. What if it's um, a special presentation? Is the watcher doing like a what you've missed kind of thing? Like oh, a, may- like a like a may- recap episode Chris, of, of what? Maybe this is what I have been begging for for yeah. years now: somebody to sit down on a leather chair, look straight to the camera, and just explain everything that's been happening, and just make it all canon. Like the Watcher is yeah. the exact type of character that could do it. It could just be this amazing tour de force performance of uh, because jeffrey wright has such an amazing voice he could just be speaking through these soliloquies and everything i don't i don't know it would it would be a tight needle to thread uh for sure but it could be kind of cool but it's an easy thing to film right like he's using Mm -hmm. footage and scenes from other films right to to make his points so i mean I think it would be funny to do like you know how TV shows used to do recaps like every fifty episodes like and here's oh. a look back through the years. Oh yeah, uh, they basically wanted a free episode with like no budget. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Um, so they could they could definitely do that, and I think it'd be fun. It'd be very meta. I'd be down for it at the end of the day. So, um, well, is that true? No, but you know, Kevin, if you're listening, uh, that that you, we don't need credit. Just just know that it came from us at the end of the day <laughs> uh, for that. But. Yeah, Jeffrey Wright, great actor. I think he did great as a watcher um, in the What If show. I I forget that even existed, right? Like I always forget What If yeah. was a which show, is, which is a bit of a shame since the production schedules are so long when it comes to animation. That by the time we get What If season two, I have a feeling a lot of those What Ifs might feel a little less special. Dated. They'll almost be a little behind, you know. So I I think well we know one is from at least season one, right? That they they delayed. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think from what we heard and what we talked about before, these new what ifs are less um, uh, retelling phase one through three stories, and they're more focusing on the new characters and telling new stories. I do think another one is a Marvel Zombies uh, sequel follow before the zombie show kicks off as well. But um, yeah, I, I, we don't know what's going to happen, but I'm, I'm excited for him. He's, he's a great actor, does great as the Watcher. Uh, Spider Man 2 The Game is getting a Hall H panel. At San Diego Comic Con later this month, we are like ten days away from this convention. Mm-hmm. Mike, can you believe that? It doesn't yeah, feel like it, ten days. <laughs> uh. Yeah, I mean, it, it makes me wonder. Um, like we were talking about before, with uh, the convention kind of lacking some of the bigger um, presenters this year, um, is this kind of a hey, we got room, come on up to the convention? Or if this was mm-hmm. planned all along, either way, I don't mind because it sounds like we're probably going to be getting maybe another trailer. Maybe another longer yeah. gameplay session, the, which is cool. Um, the the release date was I don't remember it, when it was announced exactly, but it was somewhat recent, like it's a like month October ago. October yeah. 10-20. 10-20. Yeah. So I mean, the fact that they're drawing that line in the sand and being very confident about it, it sounds like yeah. they're going to hit that date. So the focus on this panel is also is called like Enter the Symbiote. So it's going to probably focus on Venom and the symbiote abilities of the game, mm-hmm. uh, which they've not touched on. Right, everything so far has been like Craven focused from what we've seen. So I'm excited to learn about what the Venom slash symbiote abilities are. Him as a character, right, as a, as another villain for this. So I'm I'm down. Like this game, it, it's I'm already I'm not I've not pre-ordered it for the extra suits. I'm not getting the collector statue. 
but I am down to play this game when it drops. We already know we're going to love it. And this is an interesting bit of media when it comes to video games is like usually uh, some people try to do like one-to-one comparisons of, you know, movies, TVs, to video games because it's just kind of entertainment storytelling in general. But like I feel like the batting average for sequels of video games are so much higher than the batting average for sequels to movies, right? So Mm -hmm. I'm extremely confident that Spider-Man 2 is going to be a great game as opposed to like oh there's a sequel to another like you know ex superhero movie coming out like yeah well it might not be good i don't know they're you know mm. they don't always hit, hit it out of the park with the well with the second one spider yeah like exactly and i at spider-man games especially their sequels have always been better too right mm-hmm. spider-man 2 for xbox and playstation 2 is like one of the most fond games of people of our generation so uh absolutely very excited to to see this and see what they bring out of hall h and what we can possibly get leaks of unless it's public and if it's public even better that's that's more more for them uh but speaking of spider-man um the beyond the spider-verse movie which still has the release date of march but apparently this is rumor and that's why i didn't put in the news is that no like they haven't even made any of the they haven't done any of the scenes yet mike they haven't animated any of this movie Mm -hmm. uh but the producers have said that the sinister six is teased to be a huge part of the Earth Forty Two world that we left that movie in, uh, well, somebody's got to get to it at some point in time, right? The, the Sinister Six has just been teased in like everything. every piece of, of Spider-Man media for so many years now. Yeah. Um, I, I guess if somebody's going to get to it first, it might as well be the best Spider-Man thing that we've had, mm. which is uh, Beyond Spider-Verse. And, and that's not saying the other stuff is bad. I love the Tom Holland stuff and, you know, uh, most of the Raimi stuff. And and honestly, the first um, Into the Spider-Verse, right, yeah, the first one, had mm-hmm. a sort of Sinister Six, but it was like, remember, it was like very, like, B-list characters mm-hmm. um, that, that came to Aunt May's house there. They had their own Scorpion, the, um, the Prowler, uh, uh, Tombstone, uh, their Doctor Octopus, you know, they had their own Sinister Six there. So mm-hmm. this one, I'm excited to see what Earth 42's versions are, who they are, and what they look like. Right, well, the designs all, are great, and also not a not a hundred percent a true origin of the Sinister Six, but there is that very popular storyline where Spider-Man is part of the Sinister Six and yeah. has to help them because I think he's like being blackmailed. Right? Yeah, he is. Yeah, it's like Ultimate that. Six, yeah. But, you know, if we kind of already have a, you know, a version of Miles that would go along with it, you know, it makes it even a little bit yeah. easier to pull that off. So that kind of brings me to the point, is Miles Prowler, not Miles Per Hour. That's a different <laughs> character. Uh, maybe he isn't evil. Maybe he's fighting the Sinister Six, or maybe he, like you mentioned, he's part of the Sinister Six in this world. Like, yeah. right? Like, does that that put that into the the start of the next movie in a tailspin because you know he is evil, or maybe it's a big setup and he's not evil, and like we're just led to believe he is. Either way, I'm very excited for this next movie to start because that was such a great movie. Yeah, I mean, like- I I know the original release is for March. You know, yeah. I guess quarter one of next year i i don't think it's gonna i think honestly it's gonna be 2025 uh if if the if it's what they're saying is true you know and they they've barely been able to kick off you know production on a lot of this stuff and reports of they were they were working like up into the wire to finish the last movie that we just watched right Mm -hmm. um and they've been very vocal about where they're they are not going to diminish the quality to hit a date so I'm guessing a whole year push. 
Oh, absolutely. If if not a little longer, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, for that, so that's sad. But man, it, you know, quality. You you pay for quality with time. Look at James Cameron and his Avatar two, Mike. Mm-hmm. Look at him. <laughs> what do you say? Take the blue pill. Uh, no, but um, yeah, Spider Man Beyond. Very excited to to pick up and see where that movie takes us. Ahsoka uh, is next month, Mike, on on Disney Plus in August. We're like a little little month and a half away from it. But the trailer was supposed to come out next weekend. However, due to Twitter being the stupidest place in the world right now, um, <laughs> they they had to delay it. So uh, I fully expect us next weekend to be talking about an Ahsoka trailer for the upcoming show. Um, I guess the last one, like the launch trailer, whatever they call it, right right before everything. They've seen some. I've seen some images online of them with the. Uh, it's not a memorial, but it's like a, a mural of, of yeah. the, the characters uh, from from the animated show. That's at the end of the animated show and this. So they're really leaning into that. Like I, I assume all the again all these photos and videos are from episode one. But I'm excited to, you know, learn about the Dark Jedi and see the Return of Thrawn and yeah. how this kicks into Dave Filoni's uh, movie in a couple yeah. of years. Not super familiar with uh, Rebels, as I've said before on the show, but I did see at least some people doing some like Lego minifigure leaks online of like characters that could possibly be in Ahsoka's show based on like the Lego sets. And I just look at it like I can't read this language. I don't know what this character is or what this menu. <laughs> so I was like, this is, okay, this is paying off. This is possibly a spoiler I could be looking at, and I just don't know what I'm looking at. So yeah. Wow. I'll, a, I'll, I'll know that when I see it in the show. That's for sure. <laughs> yes, there is an advantage. <laughs> so, um, yeah, and then, like you said, you know, new new lightsabers. We're, we're down for lightsabers on this show, for sure. Lastly, um, we're going to talk about the um, the the – what's it called life support for Superman and Lois, the TV show on CW. They got a four season when Gotham Knights was canceled. Uh, but apparently uh, one of the producers, I believe of the show or maybe of the network was talking about, you know, that Superman and Lois was renewed because Warner brothers slash discovery have all this data to see the number of viewers, the number of live stream viewers, the number of late stream viewers, their Netflix um, or their digital streams, their international market numbers and everything else. Like there's big calculations and say that this is actually, you know, above the line for us at the end of the day, right? We're going to make more money doing, you know, 10 episodes than, than if we did the other show, which makes me think that they have all these numbers and they just will never, ever release them to anybody, Mike. And that's, Really stupid, but well, again, it, it all comes it, down to calculations over here. Yes, and also a lot of it comes down to the writer strike too. That's one thing yes. that they're fighting for is more transparency in streaming numbers. Yes. So everything is clear, especially when decisions of like cancellations or renewals are made. And also, if they want to get updated streaming um, residuals, those numbers yeah. will be very, very important as well. Um, also, speaking of the writer strike, it does make me wonder too if that. Um, is coming up to the renewal of this show, right? They Now they need content more than ever, and I'm not saying they're necessarily going to go find scabs to write the next season, but since mm-hmm. the show is kind of already built out and ready to go and, you know, they have established worlds and characters, like once the strike is over, they can just get a couple people in a room like very quickly and to write the scripts and, my, you know, get it going. My guess is they may already have the road plan for season four. Um, cause I, the ending of season three ends on a cliffhanger from what I've heard. Mm-hmm. So my guess is they already had most of, I wouldn't say most, but probably at least the first, if not 
first two episodes of season two or season four in the like ready to go right yeah. like, like we wrote these knowing we were going li- to end on a cliffhanger so here's this and then they use it to pitch the next season as well yeah. but um, and al- yeah. also, if they do the standard kind of Warner Brothers playbook of they don't want too much overlap happening on the CW and in the movie universe, like we're not getting James Gunn Superman until what, 2025, yeah. I think is what they said. So they got room at least for one or two more seasons of the show until they had to worry about any sort of overlap for the uh, for the mm-hmm. audience out there. Right. Yeah. And, you know, ten. I, again, we've talked. I think next season will be the final season. Just we don't know when it'll air, when it'll start, right? At, at the end of that. But this goes to show they do have those numbers. They are, you know, lying through their teeth when they say they don't. They don't want to give them up. So, absolutely, all of these big companies have those numbers and should be sharing them with the people who, you know, rely on them. So um, that doesn't mean I'm going to watch Superman and Lois, though, Mike. Do you want to know what the last? Does anyone? Do you want to know what happened in the last episode? I think it's interesting, entertaining. Uh, yeah. Yes, I do. Spoiler warning for Superman Spoiler and Lois: warning. We don't watch it, but I am curious. Season, <laughs> season three, I heard. So season uh, in this show, they actually early on had Bizarro Superman, right, played oh. by the same actor uh, from a different universe. But they, you know, he died. He sacrificed himself, became good, died. They found this. This another character who can bring people back to life. So this Lex Luthor, played by Michael Cudlitz, I think from The Walking Dead, right? Uh, he has been reviving and killing the Superman over and over again and turned him into Doomsday. So Doomsday in this universe is Bizarro Superman, like big, bulky, gross-looking kind of thing. Like imagine exactly like Zod in Man of Steel that's, or uh, Batman v Superman. <laughs> that's actually really clever. That's actually that seems like something that you would kind of see in an alternate um, world, like in a comic book, right? Yeah. We almost kind of seen that. We, I mean, I know traditionally, like you know, the Savitar character is usually, uh, you know, Barry Allen, the Flash, right? But that is kind of like a similar trope, right? Of like just keep putting him through awful pain. But oh, I'm looking at it right now. I, I Googled it. Superman Lois season three ending. It's a good look. They rendered this character pretty well. And there's yeah. kind of like this very rough, fleshy Superman crest on yeah. the um, on it. That's cool. That's yeah, cool. The, the backwards S. And, yeah. uh, and obviously it's the same actor, right? They don't have to hire another actor to do uh, no. and the like. This is, this is also just a, a great example. And I bring it up a lot. Whereas like any idea whether we initially think it's good or not, you know, AKA Andor or Superman and Lois, any writer can make anything good, right? If you write mm-hmm. a good enough story, it doesn't matter what the characters are inside of it, right? So I'm congrats yeah. on them. Oh, you sent me a little I picture. sent you a photo. So it ends with them. Literally the last scene is uh, Superman ends up taking Doomsday to the moon to fight instead of Earth. Uh, so they're on cool the moon shot. with the Earth in the background flying at each other to attack each yeah. other. Yeah, <laughs> I, I can... The 3D model of uh, Superman looks a little, looks slightly strange. Injust- but they took it from Injustice, but uh, yeah, I, it is it is cool though. Good on I, Superman and Lois. Well, I like the again. You mentioned you can see the colors on Doomsday's like body from like mm-hmm. where he's grown into that suit now, like the red leggings and the the red S on him a little bit. So uh, I'm excited to see where they pick. The, how do you how do you pick up from that in the next season? Right, like how, mm-hmm. how's that going to end? So. Um, very, very exciting. But yeah, sorry. Spoilers for that if you didn't watch it, but I think that's pretty cool uh, for that. Well, that's the show for this week, Mike. That is it. We got everything out of the way. Low low notes, but you know we're, we're still having a good time over here uh, doing it. But if people know what you're up to, what you're doing, what can they find you at, man? 
They can find me at Mike Royer Design on Instagram, Twitter, TikTok, and Threads. Ooh. That's right, Threads, folks. Uh, we're, me and Chris are both on that. Same as our Instagram handles, just like everybody else. Uh, and you can read my webcomic at liferewardsrisk.com. Chris, if people want to catch you, where can they find you? Find me on uh, Instagram, FallDan87, and I guess Threads. Uh, you can't do hashtags yet, but you can tag us and, and comment on our stuff in there. I think that's pretty cool. Um, you can also listen to Superhero Slate every week. And where can they find those episodes at oh all you got to do is head on over to our headquarters known as superhero slate.com that is the avenue we post all of our links to watch our show and to get our awesome show notes to get our upcoming release calendar to see all of our spoiler casting reviews all over at superhero slate.com you can like us on facebook follow us on twitter and instagram you get merch at superhero slate.com slash store we love hearing from you reach out let us know what you're watching what you're into uh, we love our super fans, so if you want to be a super fan of this show, it's very easy. All you got to do is share the show with a friend, share the show with a buddy, and we'll be here every week, folks. That's right. We'll catch you guys next week. Bye. Thanks for listening, and don't forget to subscribe.